Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliotheques in Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by photographer Nigel Danson. Good evening, Nigel. Hi. Thank you very much for giving me up your time, um, and I hope you're hope you're having a speedy recovery from your, your recent operations. So, yeah, it's a great pleasure to have you here to chat about uh, not just your work, but your three book, Vistas, Woodlands, and Seascapes. Um, before we get into talking about your work, Nigel, it would be great if you could give everyone an introduction to your photographic journey. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm re recovering from my two operations <laughs> I had recently. I'm sure we might talk about that at some point, but um, I'm a photographer that predominantly shoots landscapes. I say predominantly because I do shoot other things as well, but 95% of the stuff that I do is landscapes. And I've been shooting now for probably um, 35 years. So quite a long time. I started off just shooting black and white. Uh, so I just shot uh, mostly um, the cheapest film that I could I could find. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, you, you know, a lot of FP4 film and just, just really basic film. And then I, I eventually got into digital photography um, in, it was probably 2001. So just at the advent okay. of, digital cameras um all, throughout all this time i was working as well um doing a full-time job as um a, a software running a software company and then i eventually in what was it nine, 2017 set up a youtube channel thinking yep. just, just for <laughs> just for a bit of fun really um and then one thing led to another and um you know it seems that it was quite popular so yep I'm now a professional landscape photographer, which is a dream, really. And it really is just the dream job. I'm so, so lucky because um, I make a reasonable amount of money out of it. Um, I do what I want to do for, you know, fun for a living. And yep. it's, it's just it's just amazing. And, I, and I'd say I'm, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades, really, in terms of landscape photography, because I know there's a lot of people that just focus on certain things like Simon Baxter's just woodland, yes. Rachel Talabart's just seascapes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm just happy to shoot whatever's in, in, in nature, yeah. really. Yeah, sounds great. That's uh, very much the same as me. It's, um, yeah, it's wonderful just to be able to go out and have the freedom to shoot what you what you want and what what you enjoy as well. Um, yeah, I think I think so. I've I've I, I've I've often thought about you know it would be yeah you know, obviously you get better I think if you specialised but yeah I, for me I've always thought it's just about what I enjoy and um, you know I love walking I love hiking I love photography and I just want to mix them all together really so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you've obviously published three three fantastic books. Delighted yep. to have uh, delighted to have vistas, which cover yeah, as you say, vistas, the woodlands and the and the seascapes. Yeah. So what what kind of drew you to to publish your first book, which was vistas? Yeah, I mean, I've obviously got a really big back catalogue of yep. images. I've been shooting for a long time, so and I always feel I've always liked printing so printing has always been a passion of mine because I obviously started in the dark room I used to print using an enlarger and get really excited by it and then soon as I started doing digital I wanted to think well how can I do this digitally and, and at first I didn't really enjoy doing that and it just didn't seem quite right for me I couldn't get the results I wanted but then I eventually got into it and I just I just love it and I feel like for me a photograph needs to be 
printed to be loved really Absolutely. i just i just don't think i can get ever really excited about a digital image um it just i don't know it feels a little bit too clinical i suppose is probably the best way of putting it whereas you know it feels more real when it's when it's on um on on paper so i wanted i wanted to be able to share my work on paper um and obviously it was a way of making money as well um yep. you know it's a good i think it's a good way of doing that I, I, but i wanted to make sure that I did something that was really, you know, high quality and, you know, the, the, the quality of the book was really, really important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Because for me, certainly books, it's, it's, it's a whole tactile experience. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually the feel, the weight of the book, the size of the book. It's, it's not just a simple case of printing out a hundred images and binding them together and, and no. there you go. And I, I think, yeah, what you, what you've produced, I think they're beautiful, beautifully produced book lovely attention to detail um, and the, Im the images are are, are are cracking inside and I, I I'm interested how how did you come how did you decide to split your first one by location I think it's I suppose vistas it's probably quite a a natural way to to maybe yeah I think so in. yeah I I mean I mean I I, I always knew that I was going to have the three books. So I always knew I'd think when I, when I did vistas, I always thought about woodlands and seascapes. And then when I was doing vistas, I was thinking, I don't, I just don't want to put all the images in without splitting them up. Um, and then I thought of different ways of doing it really. And, and I couldn't really categorize the images. Whereas in the seascapes um, book, I, I, I could easily categorize them. Like there was coastal, there was waves, there was abstract. Yes. It was a little bit easier to categorize them. Yes. So I felt, I felt that location worked best. Um, and there's, there's just a number of locations that I go to time and time again. I, I tend not to be somebody who just wants to travel to as many locations as I can. Yep. I, I, when I go to one location, I want to go back to it again and again and yeah. again and again. And I find that every time I go back, it sort of elevates my photography a little bit. Um, whereas I find if I go to a new location, then I, I, it takes me a little bit to get to get used to it. Sometimes I get lucky with a photo, but it's when you go back to those locations again and again and again. And, and through doing that, enable me to get a good set of images from each location i think to sort of demonstrate that location so that made sense to then categorize it by location yeah yeah and i, I like the little captions of text as well the, the we the, the little stories that give some that give a bit of context and meaning yeah. to, to, to some of the images i think that's i think that's come across yeah really well yeah and i think that's a, a di always a difficult choice i mean we're going to talk about some of my favorite books and some of my favorite books don't have any text on them whatsoever and I actually really like that because I feel like that cleanliness is just something really good. But then there's the, always the other side of it where I want to know a little bit about the photo. And although settings don't matter, everyone's always curious about how somebody took a photo. And, and, um, and they, they don't matter, do they? It's not about, no. you know, the most important thing is the composition, the light, telling a story, all those sort of things. But I wanted to I wanted to put the the, the settings there as well. So I de I decided if I'm going to put caption, I might as well put the settings. And I I, I think I did it quite well. I didn't caption every image. Um, and it, I think and I did this on all three books. So I caption I captioned maybe 
I don't know, 30, 40% of the images. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it, I think it works well. I don't think there's necessarily a need to, to caption all the images. And I think it just adds a bit more emphasis to the ones that you have captioned as opposed to the, yeah. the process of capturing them all, actually. Yeah. There's, there's a bit more meaning to the ones where yeah, you, that's have, right. you have gone into the thought process. Yeah, and there's always images in the book that you love more, isn't there? There's, there's always that, that you know, I, I shouldn't say this, but when you're producing a book, there's always a point where you 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 you're thinking you, I I always have like maybe 130 images that I'm trying to get down to 80, but then you get down to 80 and you just think oh I'm not sure about those last few I'm, it's and and so they're the ones that you probably don't caption. It's not that you don't love them, but you you don't love them as much. They don't have that meaning quite as much as some of the of some of the other images in the book. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the biggest challenges is the curation process. It's and it's it's getting it down and the ability to say no to your favorite images because they maybe don't fit the sequence or or work yeah, necessarily a... in the flow. And how how did you how did you find that process? Obviously, yeah. from one book to another, you begin to get a bit more maybe experienced and and a bit more used to doing it. But how how, how was it? Yeah, it was really interesting actually that because I think investors. Um, it was quite easy, to be honest. I found it quite easy um, because there was, you know, the flow seemed to work okay. I, I thought a little bit about the type of image, the colours, but everything seemed to just 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 work okay. I, I printed out the images, yeah. all the images, and I sort of laid them out on a table and tried to sort of arrange them, and it, and it worked okay. But when I got onto woodlands it was a little bit more difficult because what you find with woodlands is that you have lots of images that are sort of quite similar yes. and and you and i feel like the flow I, w- I was doing it through seasons and the flow through the seasons i just wanted to work quite quite well so it was a lot more difficult doing that and then the other thing with woodlands was <laughs> i just didn't have enough images in in summer really um so so that was always a really tough one because i'm not very good at going out in the summer and photographing yeah i don't i don't think i don't think it's everyone's favorite time of the year whereas i suspect in autumn and winter probably there was was an an abundance of images but yeah Yeah. as you say it's it's the the seasons maybe sounds great in theory um, and you then have to think right how many times have i actually been out shooting in the summer to uh to, to to get these shots but yeah and how was the how was the sequencing for seascapes similar to similar challenges or um yeah it it, it was the, the 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 seascapes um seascapes were similar challenges I, I did it um like i say more category of images there yeah. um i'd say seascapes is probably my strongest book although woodlands is my favorite um okay. because i just enjoy woodland photography more than the yeah more than, it's my favorite i just I, I just relax and i just find it beautiful just going through woodlands early in the morning but seascapes was probably the one that is my strongest because i've done a lot i've been to a lot of islands and i've yeah. shot a lot of coasts <laughs> yeah um and and i feel like and it, it helped that um i went to antarctica um just before i'd published the book and and i'd left enough time to be able to get some photos from antarctica um which i think really topped it off in fact my favorite photo in the in the cc book book is 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 from antarctica so 
Yeah, all, always good. And it is great when you've got the ability, as you say, just to bring in a couple of last minute images. And did you find you were going out potentially in any of the books to try and shoot specific images for the book once you'd maybe started working through the process? A little bit. Um, I mean, I had a, a, a sort of reasonably solid set when I started d yeah. doing the book, but I was thinking, you know, after I published Vistas, I, I, you know, I had a period of probably 10 months where I could shoot. And, and so, you know, I was concentrating more on woodlands in that 10 months than I was yes. on sh climbing mountains and going to yeah. the coast. But inevitably, I still did some of those other things. And then yeah. similar with seascapes. And there were certain gaps, so like, you know, there were some spring photos I wanted to get and, and some summer photos I wanted to get. Um, yeah, so the, the, there was a little bit, but it, it it was it was fairly easy. I don't think there was any stressful part to it. Um, yeah, it all, all seemed to fall into place. Again, having that big back catalogue of images just helps so yeah. much. Yeah, well, that that's it. it gives you it gives you the ability to dip in and out from photographs over over a whole period of yeah number of, number of years. And as you say, when you're returning to a number of the locations several times as well, it really helps just to build build the portfolio up from each of those each of those locations that you can kind of dip yeah. into. Yeah, the other thing that I was thinking when I was doing the books though as well is that my audience is predominantly from YouTube, um, and I've obviously done lots of YouTube videos at lots of these locations. Yeah. And I, I also wanted when I was creating the images to make sure that I had a reasonable number of images that people would recognize yes. and think, ah, oh, remember when <laughs> Nigel went there. Because yeah. I think that that was an important part of the book that that because those people then buying it had a, a bit of a connection with it. Um, so, you know, there was that part of it when I was when I was thinking about building the, the, the images as well, which is probably different than most people would have, because most most people don't have, you know, a, a video yeah. <laughs> and an audience from 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 the photos they've taken. Yeah, as you say, I think I think that connection is very important, and I'd imagine a lot of people who are, who have bought your book will relate to will relate to the images and will relate to the stories and potentially the captions that are incorporated because they remember your adventures to whichever part of the island, whichever part of the world that you you are going to. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think it just it adds a different element for people who are, who are looking through the work. Um, and when it when it came to the, the I suppose the design of the book, did you tackle that yourself, or did you did you collaborate with someone and get feedback? No, I had I had a designer. So um, the the um, the company who published it is a company called Johnson's, right. and the reason that I used them was um, I was recommended them by a photographer called Alex Nail, um, yeah. and. Um, I had his book. He, his, his is one of my favorite books. He's like one of my favorite photographers, really, um, from a mountain photography aspect. He's, yeah. I, I just love his images, and I loved his book. I felt I felt like it was produced really well. And again, the printing process was so important to me. I'm now like one of my best friends is the the owner of the printing company, John, <laughs> um, and he's obviously produces three books for me yeah. and calendars. And it's it, it was it was tricky actually because it was it was the most expensive company to produce my book, but that ability to be able to go they're, they're in Nantwich, which is like a, I don't know, about 40 minute drive from my house Easy. and that ability to go to their house, their printing facility and actually go onto the, you know, the production line and see the things coming off and then saying, okay, I'm not, I, that doesn't quite work. The greens aren't quite right in it. And then tweak it a little bit 
as I'm printing my book was just so, so useful. Um, and you know, he's done calendars for me and other things as well. And it, 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 that was just brilliant. And the design part of it that, you know, he has a designer. And so I, I did, I didn't want to waste my time on designing it. I probably could have designed something reasonable, but I just didn't think that was the best use of my time really. And I, I was quite busy. So, so that worked really well. And then producing the second two books was so easy because they're pretty much the same design um, because I wanted to keep consistency amongst the books. So it made it yeah. much easier to design those other two books. Um, and, it, and it went really well. And, and I think Joe Cornish used them as well. And just because these you know, names of photographers that had done good work there, it just gave me confidence that I was going to get something good. Yeah, absolutely. Print quality is is first and foremost. And as you say, you talk about your love and your passion for printing your own work out at, at home. You obviously don't have that sheer quality control that you necessarily do when you're printing out individual prints. But at the same time, you still want you still want the print quality to be reflected in your book and and for the images to be displayed to the best yeah. of, to the best of their ability. And exactly. Say, yeah. Yeah. The ability to be on press and yeah, the greens aren't quite right or the blues aren't quite right. It's, it's a level of control that uh, I think most photographers quite like a bit of, o a bit of OCD and the ability to just yeah, yeah, definitely. Make, yeah. Make, make minor wee tweaks here and there and, and just ensure that their work is, is presented as closely as you want it to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Sorry, Go on, sorry. No. So, and, and, and in terms of, in terms of your, this, the design, did you have a, a particular style in mind in terms of the size and the scale of it before? or, or were Yeah. You so, I, f I felt like um, the, there's a decision always to make, you know, between portrait, square and landscape. Yeah. And, and, you know, just if, if I just look at my images, I have more landscape images than I do portrait. So obviously it made sense to do landscape. Um, <clears throat> I obviously wanted a hardback book um, and I I wanted to, size was quite, in, was, was driven a little bit by post um, and yeah. believe it or not yeah. because i knew i was going to be posting it to like a lot of countries and it ended yeah. up going to like i think 88 countries so that was always a big concern to me that the logistics of that because you go a little bit bigger well it makes it a lot more expensive to print as well um yeah. but it just becomes very difficult to post it uh, yeah. so so there's a lot of things that you don't think about when you first start thinking about a book yeah. that then have constraints on the actual design. Um, and then that, that, you know, the hardback and the material and the cloth material is important because also I, I wanted gray for vistas, green for woodlands and blue for seascapes and, and the tones I just wanted to get right. So I needed to choose the cloth right at the very beginning. And so I bought the cloth for all three books, you know, right at the very beginning of the three year process. Yeah. And, and do you think you will publish more books or potentially in the future? Yeah. Or. Yeah, I think so. I, I've got ideas for books that I'm going to publish. Um, I, I, so I've got a few different ideas, but I probably don't want to share those no. too much yet. Cause um, there's, but there's some sort of innovative things that I want to do just that are a little bit different. Cool. Um, I might take a break for a year. I think because it, it does take a lot of work to do it. And um, I, I also, I don't want to use the same photos in a, in a different book, if you see what I mean. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think, I think it's important that I've, I'm, I've still got quite a lot of photos that I haven't published. That I feel like I, 
I did just didn't fit into these books. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think I need to get, you know, doing some photography again now and, and build up some, some, some more images before I publish another book, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm assuming that you'd obviously go back to using this, this, the same printers and, and, and stick, or obviously maybe use a slightly different format. But I think there's so many different ways when you see how, how different people publish books. You've got huge big concertina books that even work on large scale. But I suppose that's the, that's the thing. If you're publishing an edition of 500 compared to an edition of 50, or your, your constraints yeah. and your abilities are very slightly different. Yeah, because the, these were these. This was a big edition, and um, and there was limited editions in between in, in it of two hundreds, and then a, a, a bigger sort of open edition, really uh, outside that. But the the, the, the well, one idea that I did have was was to produce go completely the other way and produce you know, a, a book that's just unbelievable, um, you know, like quite big and yes. that I almost hand make sort of thing and just produce something really special and do maybe 50 or even 25 of them. Yeah. But yeah. it would be very, very expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's it. There, there's, pro, there's pros and cons to all, all of these things. It's But it's always very interesting to see how people do it because it gives everyone a very different, unique experience from, from, that, from that same book. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's wonderful. I, enjoy, I really enjoy looking through, looking through your vistas, particularly some of the, the countries and locations that you visit, which I've had the pleasure and privilege of visiting myself as well. And it really, cool. does, it really does take you back to standing in some, standing in some of those beaches or yeah. like cliffs in the pharaohs and things like that as well yeah. you can just you can just kind of imagine yourself back there as well exactly how windy and and stormy it is as the as the waterfalls are working their way back up the yeah up the cliffs. that's that's good i mean that's that's good because i mean that's what you try and do yeah. as a photographer i think you know try and the viewer to try and get them to have a sense of the story behind the image and that story for me is usually how I felt when I was taking that, that, yeah. that photo. Um, and I, that's why I like my woodland photography quite a lot because I feel like that comes across quite strongly in my woodland photography. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think that that's really important that somebody, somebody can go and go, Oh, you know, I can imagine that's just really cold or really, windy or whatever um and yeah. um it's just the little things that you, you you include or the shutter speed you choose or the composition you choose or what you include or don't include in the image i i really like that i really like that storytelling element of photography um and i think it's i think it's really interesting actually uh, it's actually something that I, i'm talking a little bit about in my video on sunday that 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 i think people don't think about enough in their photography i think people get carried away of around just the the mechanics of things rather than thinking about the actual um story that 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 they're trying to tell and why they're putting things in certain places that's it and, and the emotional connection that they have in in, in a particular location and, and yeah that that's the that's a real a real challenge and i, th I think you can always remember i can or personally certainly i can remember the first times that i've maybe stepped out into a particular location that I've maybe 
seen someone else's photographed and I just stand there and take it in and whether you whether you take a shot or not it's actually the experience of being there and and seeing some particular location that you yeah. think wow I can I can see I can I can feel what that other person may have been feeling and, and you <laughs> and it's then up to you to try and capture your your personal take and your your personal experience with it as well which which I think is a wonderful and a, a challenging thing, but but very rewarding as well when when you when you get it right. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just it's just the most magical thing. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about books, I don't know if you're a big collector of photo books. Obviously, you mentioned Alex's book, which which is wonderful. I've uh, yeah. I'm glad to have that on the shelf as well. Uh, certainly, there's far more mountain climbing than I will probably ever do in my <laughs> life in my lifetime. But uh, what what I would love for you to share. Yeah, I've got, a, a I've got a few here. Of, I'm going to just pick them up, even though nobody can see them. But it just yep. helps me to articulate yep. myself a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. So, um, so I am a big collector of books. <laughs> <laughs> like ri ridiculous collector of books um of all sorts of different books actually as well um from a photography standpoint not just landscape books yeah but um the first one i've got five books i just want to talk about if, if that's yeah, if that's well, exactly I, what you I, want me to do yeah I, I, absolutely yeah. I, I try not to do more than five because then it just ends up costing me and other people a lot of money as they try to find all the yeah. books so but no, yeah, yeah one of them off. might actually cost you a very lot of money yeah, so i, <laughs> I probably yeah. shouldn't talk about that one yeah um so the first one is is the print by Ansel Adams. So right. everybody's probably yeah. heard of this book. Um, and there's three books in the series, but it's, I mean, all three books are fantastic. But this book, I literally um, I just spent so many times read it through again and again and again. Yeah. You know, trying to understand how to print images. I was just fascinated and obsessed with Ansel Adams and how. He seemed to get these, you know, rich tones in his images, the dark yeah, blacks absolutely. and everything just sort of blending Works, together yeah. so well. Um, and that's hard when, you, when you're using an enlarger and, you, you, you know, you've got like lots of sticks that you've made to, to try and dodge and burn everything. <laughs> you know, we, we get it so easy in Lightroom now. It's, it's untrue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Compared to all the diff all the different pieces that you're trying to get for the right amount of time in the right particular location, yeah, yeah, see what see what comes up, and then right try again, sort of thing. It's, yeah, and it's it's expensive, and yeah, but it was really rewarding. And but it, but for me, that is that book is what really started my love of photography um, because because all I did was black and white photography, so. I connected so well with that. I love landscapes. I loved um, his landscapes and I love black and white photography. Uh, so just going through that. And I feel like that sort of grounding that I got in the zonal system and just understanding tonal relationships in my images really helped when I, I moved on, you know, through my photography journey so that's really got a, a, a place in my heart, that book. Um, and I occasionally pick it up and flip through it again now. Probably not enough, to be honest. But yeah, that, that, so that's, that's the first one. The second one, nobody will have heard of this, but it's, it's um, called, um, I'll show you, but it's called Bangladesh. Okay. Um, and it's First Impressions by Michael Reichman. Um, and Michael Reichman, um, I don't know if anybody's heard of the Luminous Landscape. It, it is a, a website that was set up, 
um, by Michael a long time ago, and it was the first real sort of interactive website. There was discussion forums on it for landscape photographers, yeah. and he was the first YouTuber before YouTube existed. So he produced a set of DVDs of him going out, photographing, and it's it's through him that I started my YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I just absolutely loved watching his videos on location. Um, he did a lot of printing as well, and I really like that. He talked about the print process a lot. And this book was the first book he, he produced, and he talked, he did a video about producing the book um, and you know how he went about producing the book. He actually got it produced in China, which I thought was quite interesting. Yep. And to be honest, it's not the most high-quality book in, in the end, and he talks about that. Um, but the images, he's, he's an amazing photographer, he really, really inspired me. And, you know, so that book, again, has got a place in, in my heart. I don't think you can actually buy it anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, I think those sort of things where you look back, when I look back at some of his images and I think about the videos that he made about those images, I've still got the DVDs. That's that's a really big deal to me. So Absolutely. And it's interesting when I speak to a lot of photographers, a lot of the books they talk about are the ones that they've got a connection that, that introduced them to photography or it was it was in the early days that they, they can really remember and they go back to it over and over again. And I think that I think it just shows the importance of that and the connection we have to what what first inspired us to pick up a camera or what first inspired us to to look at look at photography and locations such as with the Michael's book. Yeah, sure. Okay, the third one is um Halendi, I don't know how to pronounce it, but I think you've reviewed this book before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, I mean, everybody probably knows Bruce Perry. If if you don't know Bruce Perry, then um, go and have a look at his images. He is a compositional genius um, of minimalist um, sort yeah. of landscapes and just picking out details in landscapes. Um, my, my friend Mark Littlejohn always says that less is more and... You know, he does a lot of photography with a long lens and just leaving things to the imagination. And I feel like Bruce sort of takes that to the next level, really. There's a lot of abstract type type images. And and I find when I'm looking for a little bit of inspiration or some, you know, it's quite, his photography is very different to my photography. And I find that that's often quite good because it sort of inspires me to try different things. You know, I'm a quite classical landscape photographer, but I want to bring in, elements of other types of yeah, you know photography that other people have done and I, I really i really sort of admire his photography as i know that a lot of other photographers yeah. do as well yeah a, ve- a very sp- a very focused style i would say the yeah very focused very focused style that bruce has got but one that exceptionally accomplished at doing and yeah it's, it's very different but it's nice to just take a wee bit of inspiration from something yeah you, you don't traditionally do yourself yeah, and, and I probably won't. I'll go out and, and, and shoot photos like that. Yeah. But I, I really admire it, and, and I think there is things that you can learn from the things that Bruce has, has done there. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. So, so the, the, the next one is not actually a landscape book, but it's, um, um, it's William Eggleston Before Colour. Yep. So so this book is is a real special <laughs> special book of mine. Um, that the, There's... It's quite hard to get hold of this book now, um, and I, I managed to get my hands on one. Um, and it's it's just a black and white book of just quite 
um, I suppose ju- it, it, it's just looking at life um, in, in a very sort of mundane way, really. But oh, the images, if you just look through it and just spend an hour or two looking through it, it's just such a phenomenal book. I really, really enjoy it. And I'd actually really like, and it's not street photography, it's more observational type photography, but I really like street photography. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just I just like different things, really. And again, looking at that, I think from a storytelling point of view, which I think is so, so important in photography, and people say, oh, how do you tell a story in a landscape? Well, there's so many ways you can do that. You know, you, you can show you know, how, 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 what the clouds are like, what the weather's like, what the wind's like, you know, you, you, you can include or not include something to tell a different story. And this, yeah. and, and that book for me just does, does the job. Yeah. It does the job, gives you loads of ideas. Right. And then the final one is Alex nails actually, because, you know, he, he's probably one, one of my, if not my favorite sort of mountain photographer, um, and and he's just phenomenal. Um, he, he his his images. He just makes. I always like it when somebody somebody makes it look so easy. Um, and it's so hard to get the photos that he has in that book. Um, not just to climb to those places in winter and camp out, which is physically difficult. Yeah. But then to actually get the 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 connection between the foreground and the distant mountains is really difficult when you're high up on a mountain it's difficult to do that you often don't have mid-ground and yeah. so connecting the things together is difficult he he, he has really great foregrounds that re- connect really well to the mountains the lighting's always just on point and uh, he's just such a phenomenal photographer that I, I i don't think is talked about enough really so yeah, yeah brilliant yeah. His, his book his book is superb yeah just the the sheer range of uh, sheer range of photographs the quality but also as you say the the commitment to where he's where he's climbing to walking to many many times when you climb up and you don't get the conditions you're looking for and you're go back up another time but uh, yeah yeah he and he's, he's he, he he's just phenomenal at that so yeah so that's yeah that 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 them are sort of five books that are a bit varied, I suppose. A few has got connection stories to a few that I just love the photos in. But um, yeah, I just, I, I just, I just love photo books. Yeah, well, that that's it. There's no, there's no such or very, very few bad photo books. There, it's always a joy to be able to pick something up, and it, it's so nice to be able to look through someone's work, be it a portfolio or a specific project, and and see it on print and in paper, which it just, which is a totally different experience than then viewing it on a website or, or scrolling down through uh, various social media platforms that we're all so accustomed to. These I know. Days. I mean, that's just the, that's just the worst thing. I mean, oh, especially Instagram because it's, yeah. everyone just goes on Instagram, but it, I mean, I've not posted any photos on Instagram really. I posted a couple in the last few months, but it, 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 it's just so uninspiring really. And there's no yeah. interaction of any worth. No. That, that that's it. I, I tend I tend to agree. It's just how fast can your fingers scroll as you then just double tap every every so often, etc. And it's then full of adverts and everything like that as well that you're not really interested in. But 
unfortunately it's the nature of the beast but thankfully i think people more and more people are maybe producing zines small bodies of work making handmade books and publishing books so it's wonderful yeah. to be able, it's wonderful to, to be able to share people's yeah. work and I'd, I'd say to anybody you know listening that is interested in a photo book you, you know, there's loads of online um photo book companies now like yeah. photo box or something like that that you can get a really high quality photo book it's digitally printed but you know the diff- difference between digitally printed and lifo printed isn't huge now yeah. and and that's so satisfying i i quite often do my own one-off photo books when i go to a location yeah. and um it's so so satisfying to to curate that to build it and to get it and, it and and just have that. So even if you've not got a printer, I think that's just something everybody should do. And it's not too expensive. You know, if you can afford your camera gear and to travel, then you can probably afford the 30 or 40 quid it's going to cost to, to get yeah. a, a book printed. Plus, as you say, the, the, the print quality of these of these companies now is it's is is improving all the time. And if, yeah. you, if you've prepared your images well, um, then what what you get back is can be absolutely wonderful. And as you say, there's nothing more satisfying than having a book full of your own work. As you say, even if it's just a, a one off book for yourself, it's still it's still so enjoyable to sit down and be able to look yeah. at your own work. Think, and, yeah, and I think people get a little bit carried away. And worried about how they prepare their images. Um, it's interesting because um, we did a test actually uh, on on the Litho printer because um, yeah. because the, the the guy at the printer said you just need to send them in JPEG, um, Adobe RGB to me. Um, I said I can't send them in JPEG. I've got to send them in TIFF. And he said no, JPEG's fine. So we did a test. So you literally couldn't tell the difference. So yeah. I, I did. I just did, I just I just send them in highest quality JPEG, Adobe RGB. And um, as long, the biggest problem is usually brightness um, because people have their monitors too bright when they're editing. And then when they get the print, it looks a little bit too dark because, you know, they're not have, looking at it in, in super bright light like they're looking uh, on yeah. a backlit monitor. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's great. And all the online facilities for people sharing wee zines and little projects, I think is wonderful as well. You think we've, Certainly over the last couple of years, I think people have really taken to self-publishing where yeah. there's an opportunity with, with lockdown. And um, But it's wonderful you pick up small wee zines for projects that otherwise would maybe never see the light, light or day. And it's yeah. just a, a great little community as well. Yeah, it certainly is. But on that note, Nigel, I'd just like to thank you very much for your time this evening. It has been a, has been a real pleasure chatting to you about, about your work and about your books. That's okay. It's, uh, and I, I look forward to seeing what uh, what your next publications are at maybe some point in the future once, you, once you've been back out with the camera again. Yeah, <laughs> needs to get walking again first. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small, small steps, I suppose, small yeah. steps. But uh, yeah, thank you very much. And I hope that hope the recovery goes well. Oh yeah, thanks. And thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Cheers.